Did you know, holiday edition, that there is a town in Norway that sits in the shadow of a mountain and receives little to no sunlight, especially during the winter. In fact, in 1913, the town's founder came up with an idea to use mirrors to reflect the sunlight down into the little village, though the idea wasn't implemented for another hundred years. And the beam of light is more like a spotlight you would see on the stage. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Follow the show on social media to keep up with what's going on and to see pics that go along with each episode. Search for Lore of the South on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. How the heck are y'all doing? It's here, y'all. It's Christmas, and this is the Christmas episode. Are y'all having a good Christmas? I hope y'all are. It's quieted down around here. We had um, Hayden's girlfriend came to visit, and they have gone back to Louisiana for Christmas, and our youngest is out running the roads. And it's really just like, I guess it's kind of a transition year because our kids are all like pretty much grown up now. It's kind of weird. Something new to get used to. What else do we have to talk about? Do y'all go all out for one of your decorations? This year, let's see, we only have two trees. There's been as many as four, (laughs) I think. I think four was the top. But this year, it's just two. We got a kitchen tree and our big tree in the living room. And I love seeing all of it, and the the lights are so cheerful, especially when you have, you know, the sad. And, you know, I have to mention that every stinking episode this time of year. But the pretty lights do help. And what else? I'm kind of just going off the cuff with this because I wrote this part of the podcast, like, several weeks ago. And it's out of date now. So I'm rambling. But anyways, okay, speaking about the sad stuff. I found this girl, she came up on my for your page on TikTok, and it is hilarious. She dresses up like this like Little House on the Prairie character and stumbles around in the dark with a candle and talks about how she has seasonal dysentery, <laughs> and it's the end of the world, and the wolves are at the door, and it is hilarious. So I'll have to post those on our social media. It cracks me up. And I now call um, sad seasonal dysentery, and people look at me like I'm crazy, but I find it funny and so how about we literally dig up some history making news it's ancient worms and this comes from us from back in July from CNN Scientists dig up and revive 46,000-year-old roundworms from the Siberian permafrost. The permafrost has been in a constant state of defrost, at least since they started tracking it in the mid-1970s. It's estimated that 40% of the permafrost will be gone by the end of this century. But I digress. Back to the ancient worms. Two of the samples also known as roundworms, were defrosted there on site by just placing them into some lukewarm water. One of the lead scientists carried around a hundred worms home in her pockets to do further experiments on. Can you imagine 
going through customs, trying to get home to Germany with your pockets full of ancient frozen roundworms. I mean, like, this sounds like the beginning of a horror movie, right? So the doctor goes home and divides up a hundred roundworms and that probably one time lived in the belly of a woolly mammoth. So she brought them home to Germany to revive them and study them. They found that they are an altogether new, or y'all remember this word, novel species. And one last thing, y'all, um, please, Germany, don't let the dino worms escape. Okay, so maybe that story wasn't very Christmassy or Yule-like, but it was definitely cold weather related. So now on to today's episode, and it's a field trip episode. This time to Scotland, to a castle that has it all. There's a nearby lock monster, a curse, ghosts, a disfigured heir that have been locked away in a tower. Shakespeare's Macbeth was based on the happenings at the castle. Welcome to episode 78, Glam's Castle. I have been waiting for so long to do this one. Even though it's not a southern tale, it's a good one. And we're going to start like we always do at the beginning. I'm looking at a picture of Glam's as I write this. It's a very inspiring building. Maybe one of the most castly castles I have ever seen. It has turrets upon towers upon turrets. Soaring walls that are 16 feet thick. It's gorgeous, and it reminds me a little bit of Hogwarts. It's also ranked as one of Scotland's most beautiful castles. It lies between the North Sea and the Grampian Mountains, near the town of Angus. It's said that the first lions came to the British Isles with William the Conqueror in 1088. Then over the course of the next 300 years, the family made its way further north into Scotland. It was in Scotland that the Lyons family was first granted land in the 1300s to begin the building of Glam's Castle. It was in 1372 that John Lyons was made landowner or thing by Robert II of Scotland. I want to say he was one of the first Stuart kings, also a relation to Robert the Bruce. King Robert would also marry one of his daughters to John Lyons, giving every heir after this marriage royal blood. And y'all, this was during the time that Scotland was fighting for freedom from England. Um, Think William Wallace, Edward Longshanks, that time period. But we're talking about glams here, and not every famous historical figure alive at this time. So the square tower is the oldest bit, and then the other structures you can see in the pictures that I'll post were added in the 15th century. Then in 1445, the English peerage came calling, and old Lord Lyon's grandson became the first Lord Glams. As with most famous or infamous Scottish families, they all came with feuds. The Lyon's most ancient feud was with the Lindsay clan, The second oldest feud was with Clan Douglas. In fact, the first Lord Glams was married to Janet Douglas to try and settle an old feud. Then Janet was accused of poisoning the Lord, 
but more on that later. The Lyons family will always be intertwined with that of the royal family, meaning the British royal family. The ninth Lord Glams accompanied James VI of Scotland and I of England down to London for his coronation. James I then creates the Earldom of Kinghorn, so the ninth Lord is now the first Earl. So are y'all seeing the rise in the power here in the Lyons family? Now we're fixing to move into more dark time, the Cromwell years. He closed the pubs, he canceled Christmas, um, and he housed his troops and glams. When the third Earl tried to return to his residence, once they had a king back on the throne, the Earl found the castle in what he deemed uninhabitable state. So a grand remodel went on from 1670 to 1689. It was the ninth Earl that introduced the Bows to the Bows Lion's name when he married Mary Bowes, a coal heiress in 1767, and it was part of their marriage contract per Mary's father that they keep the Bowes part of the Bowes Lions, and Bowes had to go up front. So, and that's how they became the Bowes Lions family. Y'all, I have covered a lot of history here, and we have still skipped a ton. There's so much, but here's a sample of a few people that have stayed at Glam's Castle over the centuries. Every Stuart monarch stayed there. Um, Mary Queen of Scots stayed the night. So many clashes between clans. There's ancient standing stones here with Pictish or runic-like carvings on them. It just seems like a place where magic could happen those old stone walls just absorbing all that energy over a thousand years of it okay so let's get back to our castle history then we'll get into our ghosts in the 1700s another round of renovations happened and the whole west wing was pulled down and redone to a more modern style if we fast forward a couple hundred years things start to get more interesting again Elizabeth Bowes Lyons, the one-day queen mother, future wife of King George VI, and mother to Queen Elizabeth II, called Glam's Homes. It's even where she chose to give birth to Princess Margaret. So once again, the old Lyons family was pulled back into the throne room. And that ancient connection renewed. Now for the creepy stuff. We know this place is old, it's ancient, and it has seen a lot. It's believed that at least two Scottish monarchs were murdered where Glam's now stands, King Malcolm and King Duncan. King Duncan being who Shakespeare's Macbeth murdered on its grounds. And the sounds of fighting and scuffling can still be heard and sound like they're coming from flagstone-covered floors, though the floors in this area were long ago covered by wooden floorboards. It's in this room named after King Malcolm that all of these riotous sounds come from. It's also in this room that if the floorboards were ever to be lifted, you might still be able to see strange stains on the flagstones hidden beneath those boards. 
The claim is that the stains come from a Scottish king, and his blood will forever stain the ground where he fell. So after centuries of trying to clean and hide that notorious spillage, they finally gave up and covered over the blood stains with the wooden floors you will see there today. Malcolm's ghost still roams the old halls of Glam's, and from what I've read, he likes to spend his eternity opening and loudly closing doors in the dead of night. Then come the Lindsay clan. The Lions and the Lindsays were at odds. They were feuding, if you will. And as these things go, well, you know, let's put it this way. Y'all start thinking like red wedding with less red and no wedding. It was a cold and stormy night, and the Lindsays got caught out in it, away from their lands. So they ate a bit of crow and come to the door of Glam's. The Earl was called down to see who could possibly be at his door. To his surprise, it was his current enemy, quite a few of his enemies can in fact. Oh, and here's a little aside here, y'all. Um, and this time, people took hospitality to the nth degree. You should be kind to strangers. Give them food and shelter. You never know who they might be, right? So he welcomed them in, fed them, gave them drink. All the while, the lord of the castle was plotting. Once the Lindsays had had their fill, the earl escorted the opposing clan leaders to a disused part of the castle, a part with a room with walls and a scotch oak door so thick, barely any sound passed through. The Earl showed them to their accommodations, grinned lightly, and swung the door shut on a room full of Lindsay's. He barred the door and left the men to starve. For the first days, banging could be heard coming from the door, but over the course of the next couple of weeks, the sounds became faint and fainter, until there was nothing. And when the Earl no longer heard any sounds coming from the barred door, he had some masons come in and break up the doorway so that it looked like the room never even existed. Moans and other sounds of despair, faint sounds of rapping on doors that no one can see, can still be heard today. Then we have our Grey Lady, she is seen the most often in the castle's chapel. It's supposed that this gray lady is no other than the Lady Janet Douglas Lyons. Janet was part of the Douglas clan, who had always been at odds with the Stuarts. But the Stuarts were in power, and Lord Glams was one of the king's men. Remember, he escorted James down to London to take the throne and all that. But James had been held captive by some of the Douglases as a child, so in an act of revenge against the clan, Lady Janet was accused of trying to poison her husband. She was also accused of witchcraft and treason. She was burned at the stake on July 17, 1537, with her young son watching on. Lady Janet, or the Grey Lady, is probably the most famous of the apparitions, for she is the one that's seen the most often. On one occasion, a Bose Lion's cousin was in the chapel playing the organ there, when she felt as though she wasn't alone in the room. 
she paused her playing and turned on her stool and saw a woman dressed all in gray. The organ player even commented on how fine the dress was, even if it seemed to be a bit outdated. She said the gray lady seemed to be as solid as anyone alive, so she turned back to her playing. When she finished her song, she turned back towards the woman once again, and as the sun broke through the clouds and shone through the window, the woman became translucent and slowly faded from sight. And our organist just so happened to be the Dowager Countess of Granville. The second most famous sighting was a bit more recent, but also in the chapel and witnessed by the 16th Earl. Our Earl was in the chapel admiring the artwork in the room when he noticed a woman in gray kneeling to pray. As he turned to leave so as not to disturb the devout lady, she simply dematerialized right before his eyes. All right, one more story. We got to save some of these for the Patreon supporters. This one is an old one, and it's lost to time as to which Earl this happened to. But he was one of the Earls with the nickname of Beardy, and apparently there were several of them. Beardy loved nothing more than to drink and to gamble, and he was also known for his temper and hell-raising. It was getting late in the hall, and Beardy's companions were all dropping like flies from too much drink and, of course, the late hour. His guards and servants both were nodding off in corners. Y'all, this is how I picture it. The fire is dying down in its hearth. Beardy grumbles. and kind of comes to from his end of the hall table. More wine. And demands another round of games. Everyone in the hall remains silent. Those who wake plead and beg for permission to retire. Earl Beardy was enraged. He flipped a flagon and stormed from the hall to his room. The servants that were in the hall scrambled after him. To see him slam his door, then yell seemingly to no one, I'll drink with, play with, and beat the devil himself. (laughs) It grew quiet, so the servants felt safe to go about their nightly routines. That's when the Earl hears a knocking on his chamber door, and a deep voice on the other side says, Do you fancy another game and a drink? The Earl staggers to the door and wrenches it open. But I have no one to describe here. There is no description of the devil at Glam's. But there was quite a ruckus coming from the Earl's room, and this brought forward a crowd of servants to the door again. They listened for signs of what was going on in that room. They heard glassware clinking, cards shuffling, and even the crackle of the fire in the hearth. And inside the room, that's exactly what's going on. The devil himself was playing cards and drinking with the Earl. They played game after game, and Earl Beardy 
<laughs> Just kept winning. That's when the devil upped the stakes. A contract appeared out of thin air. Y'all picture those movie scenes with the glittery parchment fluttering towards a scarred tabletop. The devil flicks the corner of the parchment with a nail. He looks to Beardy and says, Now for the ultimate prize, your soul. Beardy raised an eyebrow at this, but his confidence in alcohol levels were high. He looked at the devil and said, Where do I sign? With an outstretched hand waiting for a quill to be placed in it. The devil, quick as a flash, reached into a sporn, and it wasn't an ink and quill that he pulled forth, but a dagger. And the sun of the morning star slashed faster than any mortal could see, the palm of Lord Beardy's hand. The Earl's palm welled with blood and spilled onto the parchment under it. As soon as the blood splashed onto the page with a sizzle, a charge filled the room and the parchment disappeared into flames that quickly extinguished themselves. The Earl's palm healed right before his eyes, leaving only a scar behind, a reminder of this night. The drug lord sat heavily back down into his chair. The old tempter Satan himself slid gracefully and silently back into his, and the final round of card playing commenced. Some of the servants in the corridor were dozing again against walls, but others stayed quite alert, waiting to charge in if their lord required attention or backup. Back in the chamber, cards were being magically dealt. One final hand. One final hand. The play went on and on. The devil liked a toy with his prey. He'd let Beardy feel like he was making headway, only to snatch it back. Hours went by. Dawn was starting to creep over the horizon. And that's when the devil showed his hand. And the Earl was beaten. There was a great roar in the fireplace. Flames shot up the chimney and out the smokestack. The Earl also let out a roar of anger. Ugh, I've been tricked, he bellowed. At this, one curious footman put his eye to the keyhole in the door. And at that same moment, the Earl heard the stranger say, Smite that eye. As he pointed at the keyhole, the man on the other side of the door let out a shriek of pain, falling back, both hands clutched over an eye. The Earl let out another shout of protest. No! But Old Scratch just twirled a finger in the air, and before Beardy, the magical parchment reappeared. The blood splatter had formed itself perfectly into the Earl's signature, right there at the bottom, just like he had seen before. The Earl gasped, and he fell back again. The devil pointed a long nail at the parchment under the Lord's signature, and the letters L-U-C-I-F-E-R, Lucifer, appeared in glowing script. With that, the parchment rolled itself up again and disappeared into thin air. The devil gave a wide, toothy grin, snapped his fingers, and disappeared. The fire returned back to the glowing embers. The glasses and booze were all set to rights. 
The Lord was left to ponder his fate. Would he change his ways? When would the dark prince return for him? Earl Beardy lived for several years more, still drinking, raging, and gambling the years away. When Beardy was old and bedridden, Old Scratch did return, but only the Earl could see him, and the Earl went to his death screaming for mercy. It said that the Earl's soul will forever be the devil's card partner in the fiery depths of hell. Well, Merry Christmas! <laughs> Side notes, y'all. Did y'all know that Queen Elizabeth II and Princess Margaret were both born by C-section at home? Y'all, I learned about this while researching for this episode. Apparently, the Queen Mum's labor was 30 hours long with Queen Elizabeth II, and she was breached, so she had to have a C-section, which meant that Margaret had to be born C-section. And it's kind of cool that the Queen Mother had Margaret at Glam's, even though it was a C-section, which is crazy to be having in a thousand-year-old castle. But, you know, I digress. Now, let's see what else. What else did we talk about that we need to clear up some info? Okay, the Grey Lady, Janet Douglas, um, she was cleared for her husband's death. She had even um, remarried before James caught up for the final time and had her burned at the stake. And y'all, they were doing a lot of walling people up in this place. Like, I'm surprised that there's any rooms left of how many people were walled up here. Between the Hidden Air, the Lindsay's, and then there was some stuff that I didn't even cover because I'm going to save it for the Patreon because there was so much out of this castle. It's just, it's wild. What else do we need to cover? We still have to do our oldest building by state. And we have a contest winner, y'all. Someone was nice enough to leave us a review. Five-star written review. And it was very sweet. And I will read it out after I do the oldest building by state. And where are we? South Carolina and South Dakota today. And I hope I got this right, y'all. And as always, it's brought to us by the Discoverer blog. Oldest building in South Carolina is the Middleburg Plantation. The old place was began in 1693 by an early French settler, Benjamin Simmons. And then now we have the South Dakota place. And her oldest building is in Sisseton. And it was built in 1864 and was used as a fort. It's now a state park and you too can go and visit it if you like. All right, now, for our five-star review winner goodie bag, this one is titled Hooked. I found this podcast in a general search for lore and folktales and have been hooked from the first episode. I am listening through them all, and they are perfect in getting me through my workday. Kelly is a great storyteller and does her research to share these stories. As a northerner with southern roots, it is fun to hear stories of some familiar and not so familiar stories and places. Thank you, Ter Chanel, and I hope I am saying your name right. Um, get in contact with us. Um, email the show, lorethesself at gmail.com, so I can get your information and we can mail out your little goodie bag. And let me tell y'all, just a few kind words mean so much. 
and I really do appreciate it and I hope you like your little goodie bag thank you again Tear so there was a couple of things that I forgot to talk about or mention at the head of the show so I guess I'll mention them now mom and I did go to um, Casadega we had a great time it was just the neatest place it's the coolest feeling you're like in this little tiny little community built like on a crossroads and I'm really not going to say too much more about it because I'm going to do a podcast on it I just wanted y'all to know that and it just a very neat place it just had and yeah I do a podcast y'all that's like wee woo and I tell ghost stories and talk about aliens and bigfoots and cryptids and you know all that kind of and a lot of history y'all know history's spooky history is my favorite but I'm really not a very wee woo person but this place yeah like kind of gave me a little wee woo feeling it it was it had a vibe to it and I've only ever been to maybe a couple other places in my life that had that kind of feeling but if you're ever just curious if you just want to you know go and pay and have someone read your palm just for the experience of it it's great and the little restaurant there's pretty daggum good a little pricey but it was super tasty and everyone is super friendly they have a bookstore every kind of crystal you can think of and the people there can tell you what every single one of them does but it, it was a great experience and what I'd like to repeat I'd like to take producer Mike down there just to see to get his thoughts on it because he's even more stoic person than I am so I, I'd like to see if he got any of like the heebie-jeebie wee-woo woo-woo feelings <laughs> there but thank you all so much for listening and for being here with us for another year. This was our third year. December was our birthday month. I don't even know if we even mentioned it. But yeah, this is year three. And we appreciate everybody for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And all of that. And we'll talk to y'all in the new year. Search for Laura the South on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Stay tuned for a preview of our latest Patreon episode. Man, they didn't trust the glue on this package Mm -mm. at all, did they? No. This was kind of a Christmas present, but I figured once we started talking about this, that this would be a good idea to... I see a belt buckle. I see a beard. There's a gnome face in here. Did you find the book that I've been talking about on, Mm -hmm. like, all of the podcasts? Yes. (laughs) And you know what's funny about this book is my mom has had a copy of that as long as I can remember. So as soon as you said something about that, I I knew exactly what book it was. It doesn't want to come. The little people do not want me to have this book, you guys. And it's hardback. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. Babe. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, I had as soon as you were talking about that, I knew my mom had the book. Um, so I texted her and just said, "Hey, when you get the chance, take a picture of that," because she had it like on one of her display shelves, one of the many yeah. that she has. And uh, so a little later, she sent me the the picture, and I was like, "I can find this." 
And that's the same cover from when I was a kid. Yeah, this is it. This mm -hmm. is the book. I swear I had it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes over all of the different kinds of little people, fey folk, everything from like where they choose to live and oh there okay it's got naughty pictures of gnomes in here did not remember that part <laughs> no i then saw some gnome tatas yeah i don't remember that either i don't remember that gnomes have gnomes mom have... must have brushed past that page while we were reading about how, <laughs> what kind of gnomes there are and what how they help forest creatures yeah the um gnomes have been in, around me and my family, my home, as long as I can remember, because mom even collected gnomes. I can't remember who the guy who was who who yeah, there, we the sculpture ones. A couple but, over on the shelf in there that she gave you mm -hmm. last Christmas. Yeah, that's but cool. At, but at one point, like we literally had our entire like fireplace was covered in these things, and um, my mom and stepdad at the time collected them. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, and to explain, your mother's family are um, Norwegian. Norwegian, Like, yeah. they, they've they only been in this country a couple hundred years, maybe. Yeah. Um, and they settled in, I want to say Minnesota. But it was like that big influx of, like, Norwegian farmers and engineers and things that came in yeah. that was her family was part of. Mm -hmm. And, um... But yeah, so I mean, like that's a big thing in that culture, or, or fey folk, and yeah. I mean, well, look, look at Iceland. Yeah. You know, I mean, like they move whole freeways and highways and interstates because of the little people. Right. <laughs> and it's nice to have like, you know, little creatures like that, because most of these stories are all about, like the next one that we're about to talk about, or the Wendigo. They're always like scared, you know. And then these th these little guys are always like semi happy and helpful for the most part, you know. Hopefully, it'll help with some research. Oh, well, one day. Yeah, well, and this is interesting. I mean, like I'm just reading the jacket mm -hmm. right now, and like it's interesting. Like some of this stuff comes from The Hobbit, some of it's from Disney, some of it's from Norman Rockwell. So it's a combination yeah, of all of these different things together. Yeah. Hmm. And I'm thinking it was like the anniversary of this book or something, too. Oh, it was originally published the year you were born. If you loved what you heard, check out the Patreon page for exclusive content by searching for The Lore of the South on Patreon.com.